Welcome to the Department of Metaphysical Intelligence. The word, metaphysical, describes anything that transcends physical matter or the laws of nature. The breadth of metaphysics reaches into several disciplines including physics, psychology, philosophy, artificial intelligence, history, and theology. The Department of Metaphysical Intelligence covers these topics through a metaphysical lens, and encourages you to recognize and connect with the metaphysical reality in which we all exist. We've been aware of the placebo effect for centuries, but up until about 30 years ago, the placebo effect was considered a purely psychological phenomenon. Scientists genuinely thought that the placebo effect wasn't actually making people better. People just thought they were getting better. However, today we have a very different understanding of the placebo effect. The placebo effect shows us that our mind-body connection is much more powerful than we realize. Our perception truly does shape our reality. Hey, I'm your host, Annabeth Harrison, and whether or not you're already familiar with the placebo effect, you may not be aware of all of the amazing implications, so I'm really just hoping to share my thoughts with you on this incredible phenomenon. The placebo effect is pretty much magic, and scientists are currently exploring ways that we can harness it to make medicine even more effective. A placebo is usually used in clinical trials as a control, or comparison, against the actual treatment being tested. In the 1700s, placebos were used when medication wasn't available, or when they determined that the patient was most likely causing their own illness. In these cases, they would administer dummy treatments, ranging from sugar pills, to water injections, to even fake surgeries. They would literally open somebody up and do nothing, and then just sew them back up and told them that they fixed the problem. This actually seemed to heal people because of this mysterious placebo effect. Obviously, there are moral questions to consider when a fake treatment is involved. Doctors can't just start prescribing placebos instead of actual medicine. But like I said, there are many scientists studying the placebo effect right now, trying to understand how we can use it with medicine. We're past the point of proving that the placebo effect is real. It's been well established. We're now at the point where we need to learn more about it. How does it work? What triggers that belief in people that allows them to heal themselves? I don't have the answers for you. I mean, even the smartest scientists right now don't have all of those answers for you. But my goal here today is really just to get the gears going in your head about all of the possibilities that your brain has. As I'm sure you're well aware, your body is always hard at work to keep you alive. Our bodies are constantly performing a million different processes that we honestly couldn't even visualize all at the same time. It would be completely impossible. We're mostly unaware. It's usually like all of these bodily processes are on autopilot, but the placebo effect shows us that we can actually take control of these processes and direct them in the way that we desire. To study the placebo effect, scientists have to create some very elaborate situations in psychological studies to ensure that the placebo effect actually takes hold for the participants. This is because the participants' belief in the treatment is what creates the magical placebo effect. 
so they have to make these dummy treatments appear very realistic. They found that the more elaborate and more intense that these treatments seem, the more effective that they are, because the key element to the placebo effect is the belief in the effectiveness of the treatment. Like I said before, in clinical trials, when a new drug or treatment is being tested, the placebo is used as a control in the experiment. Some patients are administered the actual drug or treatment being tested, and others are administered a fake drug or treatment, which is also known as the placebo. If the actual drug or treatment being tested outperforms the placebo in the trial, it's deemed an effective treatment. I was very surprised to learn that only 10% of new drugs that are being tested outperform the placebo in clinical trials. If the placebo is consistently outperforming the drugs that are designed to have a specific effect, I think it's safe to say that the placebo is a pretty powerful form of treatment in itself. And studies even show that after a patient is aware that their healing was due to a placebo, the healing remains, the effect does not wear off once the illusion has been lifted. Patients can even believe opposite things about the same placebo and receive opposite effects from it. For example, in a study at the State University of New York, they took 40 asthma and emphysema patients. And first they gave them a saline inhaler, telling them that it contained some allergens that would most likely restrict their airways. 19 of the patients experienced considerable constriction of their airways, with 12 patients having a full-on asthma attack. When the patients were given the same inhaler, but told that it would relieve their symptoms, it did relieve their symptoms. Just to reiterate, the inhaler was nothing. It was all in their heads. At Yale University, they did a study where they gave two groups of participants the same milkshake. They told one group that it was an indulgent, high-calorie treat. They told the other group that it wasn't the case, it, it was just a regular shake. They didn't highlight any of those things about it. And it turns out that the group that they highlighted that it was a, an indulgent shake, they actually responded as if they had consumed more calories than the other group did. Scientists at UC San Francisco found that endogenous opioids in the brain are responsible for pain-killing effects from placebos during dental surgery. However, the crucial finding of their study was that it's the patient's belief that causes any measurable effect. When patients given a pill were told that they were receiving a painkiller, the natural opioids in their brain were created to block the pain. However, when they were told that the pill might cause pain, the natural opioids in the brain were blocked, which essentially elevated their pain level. These are just a few studies out of thousands, and these aren't even necessarily the most extreme examples of the placebo effect, and there are many anecdotal examples but these are just some of the more formal scientific studies that I've found. But these studies are just so compelling. It's definitely enough for me to be intrigued and wanna try this out somehow for myself. Like I said, 
We've known about the placebo effect for centuries, but it's still shrouded in mystery. We still don't know how it works. Dr. Aliyah Joy Crum, professor of psychology and director of the Mind and Body Lab at Stanford University, thinks that there's an obvious reason for the gap in our knowledge. To quote Dr. Crum, when we develop new medications and treatments, we spend enormous amounts of money and effort trying to outperform the placebo effect. We're stuck in an outdated model where new medication is set up in competition with the placebo. If the drug outperforms the placebo, the placebo is immediately deemed irrelevant. And doctors begin prescribing the drug to patients and we forget about any benefit that could have occurred from just the placebo. On the flip side, if the new drug does not outperform the placebo, the placebo is villainized and billions of dollars go down the drain to the tune of a familiar refrain. It was nothing more than just a placebo effect. Dr. Crum agrees that this is no doubt a rigorous model for testing new drugs for the market. But we have to consider the true reality of medicine. In reality, the placebo doesn't disappear. It's always at play. In an ideal world, the model of care would take the placebo effect into account and somehow further harness it. In my opinion, one of the biggest ways in which the placebo effect could be harnessed is through positive prognosis. The behavior of a physician has been found to strongly affect patients' outcomes. A study published in the British Medical Journal compared the outcomes of 200 patients, half of whom received a positive consultation, and the other half received a consultation that was not conducted in a positive manner. Dr. David R. Hamilton explains this study in his book called Why Woo Woo Works, The Surprising Science Behind Meditation, Reiki, Crystals, and Other Alternative Practices. To quote Dr. Hamilton, in the positive consultations, the patients were given a firm diagnosis and confidently told that they would recover in a few days' time. Sometimes a prescription was given and the doctor assured the patient that it would make them better. At other times, no prescription was made and the doctor assured them that no prescription was necessary. In the non-positive consultations, the doctor displayed uncertainty, saying, I can't be certain what's the matter with you. If the doctor was offering a treatment, they would add, I'm not sure that the treatment I'm going to give you will have an effect. If no treatment was given, the doctor would instead add, and therefore, I'll give you no treatment. The prescription given for those patients being treated was 3 milligrams of vitamin B1, marked thiamine hydrochloride, a very low dose that was essentially a placebo. After two weeks, 64% of patients who received the positive consultation had improved, compared with only 39% of the patients who had recovered after receiving a non-positive consultation. And it didn't matter whether they were treated or not. The difference in how many patients recovered, almost double, was down to the way the doctor communicated with the patient. 
So Dr. David Hamilton, the one that I just mentioned earlier, he completed his PhD in organic chemistry in the 90s. And then he went on to work in the pharmaceutical industry for many years, testing drugs for cardiovascular disease and cancer. His observation of the placebo effect in clinical trials was so compelling, it inspired him to leave the pharmaceutical industry to write books educating people about the placebo effect. He now specializes in gathering scientific data and philosophical arguments regarding metaphysical or woo-woo subjects, which is exactly what I'm trying to do here. In the same book I mentioned earlier, Dr. Hamilton explains how his colleagues they thought that he was kind of a quack for thinking that the placebo effect was indicative of a strange mind-body connection. That whole concept was considered woo-woo, but I think people were initially unreceptive to the idea because of the possible implications. I think some scientists are afraid that people will turn away from medicine if there truly were a way for us to heal ourselves with our minds. But that's really not the goal. The goal here is to study the placebo effect because whether we like it or not, it's a real thing. And if we use it in combination with traditional medicine, just imagine how powerful that medicine could be. The placebo effect shows us that our perception, our sensations, our bodily functions are all completely fabricated in the mind. And the mind is influenced by all sorts of mysterious factors in our environment. The social context in any given situation is what sets our mind up to create the reaction within the body. So the lighting in the exam room, the look on your doctor's face as they explain your diagnosis, even the words on the posters in the waiting room could, could influence how we respond to treatment. So we really need to be asking ourselves, how is the placebo effect already covertly active in our lives and how can we be using it to our advantage? I definitely don't have all the answers, but I know that I want to keep asking these questions. Thank you so much for listening today. It's really such an honor if you made it to the end of this episode. I really appreciate that I captured your attention. If you found anything interesting, please feel free to reach out with any questions or anything like that. I really just want to engage with other people about these ideas, so please feel free to share your thoughts with me at the DMI pod at gmail.com. That's the DMI POD at gmail.com. Thank you guys and have a wonderful day, night, morning, whatever. Love you.